Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know, this is all I'm doing at the beginning here. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. I don't care about anything else tonight. Let's get to the podcast. All right. Down to this day. Yeah. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at BradyHawk305. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I don't know if Alex Toledo's in condition to join us tonight, but we will find out. We're probably not in condition to do any of this uh, this evening. The Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics in game six of the 2022 Eastern conference finals to bring this thing back to Miami on Sunday night. And I'm just going to give you the numbers, Greg. And then look, I'll let you go here. Okay. Cause you weren't on the pregame show. You didn't have a chance to make a prediction here. LeBron James, Boston, 2012, arguably the most memorable game in Miami heat history. Okay. For all the things that Dwayne Wade did over the course of his career, the LeBron game, the stare, that's what we talk about the most. 45, 15, and 5. Tonight, Jimmy Butler, 47, 9, and 8. Four steals. And he did it on a bad knee. And he tweaked the bad ankle late in the game. And he dragged this thing down to Miami. Greg. I can't believe what I just saw. I can't believe what I just saw. I mean, where to begin? For Jimmy to go up there and to dominate like that, to respond. He had 27 in the last two games combined. He had 47 tonight. Uh, I, I read a stat, and you know I love these obscure stats, but whenever this name is attached to it, we're reading it on five on the floor. Uh, he's the second player with multiple 40.4 steal games in a playoff series. The first player in NBA history to do that multiple times, Michael Jordan. This is unbelievable. We've talked about Jimmy and how he's raised his game throughout the playoffs. Recently, he's looked like a shell of himself. Um, and truthfully, if I had been on the pregame show, I didn't feel good about going into tonight just because of the relative health, health of the bunch. It shows that with a little bit of adrenaline and with a little bit of uh, elimination looming that uh, they got it done. I, I can't speak highly enough for what we saw from Jimmy. It is on the Mount Rushmore of Miami Heat playoff performances without a doubt. You look at that Mount Rushmore. It's LeBron up there. It's Dwayne in 06. Any of those three games. <laughs> any, any of those. Although I'll, I'll start with game three. I'll start with game three. We're not going out like this. And Jimmy at the end talked about the message he got from Dwayne. And you look at the lore of this team and what Brady, we're going to go to Brady, you know, on, on all of the X's and O's and what exactly happened tonight. But I just want to start with kind of 
the history that they continue to make as an organization. Eric Spolscher talked about, let's make a memory, right? This is ridiculously tough stuff. You can just feel it sometimes when they say stuff like this, that they think it's going to happen. It's not like wishful thinking. It's like they believe it's actually going to occur. When he said that stuff last a uh, couple nights ago, and, and Brady and I and Alex, uh, excuse me, actually it was Greg. Uh, Alex and Greg and I were in the press room. You could like sense that that was going to be in championship alley someday. You're that really quote, good. It's make so a true. memory, ridiculously tough stuff. There's no organization in sports, whatever people think of the heat or they don't respect this or heat culture, whatever. There's no organization in sports that has these phrases, these moments that like you are so easily identifiable with points in the franchise's history. If they close this thing out on Sunday, look, nobody remembers the game seven against the Spurs after the Ray Allen shot in game six. Nobody remembers the heat beating Boston in that game seven in 2012 after LeBron did what he did in game six. So if they just finish the job on Sunday, however they finish it, that phrase, ridiculously tough stuff, make a memory is going to be forever associated with Jimmy Butler. It doesn't matter how they finish it on Sunday, as long as they do. And they're in position to do it. And Udonis Haslam going over to make sure at the end to send a message to Draymond Green, who said, we're going to see Boston in the finals. And we've talked about this all year. This team doesn't fare well as a front runner. They don't. It's not the position they want to be in. They want to be counted out. They want to be doubted. Their entire culture is based on that. Remember the Wade phrase when everybody counted him out? My belief is stronger than your doubt. This is what they're built on. For Jimmy Butler to do that tonight, when you could see that he didn't have his premium lift, that it was IQ from everything he did from the start of the game. And we're going to talk about others. There's no question. Max Struess coming out of it late in the game was huge for them. Kyle Lowry played well tonight. He really did. That was a response because that was one of the most embarrassing performances of his career. And he gave you 18 and 10 tonight. PJ Tucker with some of the plays he made down the stretch. And Oladipo's defense in the second half again. And what he did. But let's just go first to Jimmy Brady. How did he do this? It's tough to say because I know we immediately compare it to the LeBron game six, but I am not uh, credible to go back that far, I guess, at this point. But the one thing I can go back to is the Jimmy Butler finals in 2020 in the bubble. Like that's what this looked like because of the stakes, but the way he did it. And I don't know if this is recency bias because it just happened 15 minutes ago. But it was just different in terms of shot profile. Like, he was doing it. It wasn't just straight diving to the rim every single time and getting tough buckets around the rim like he did in the bubble. This was calculated switches. It was getting to his spots in the mid-range, hitting tough fadeaways time and time again. And the thing that kind of saved this early on was Jimmy Butler was their best three-point shooter. Like, we constantly talk about, like, their three-point shooting across his playoff run, and he was just nailing them early on because they were dipping off of him and he was making them pay. Then he starts getting into the mid-range, as we know, and he's getting into these spots. It was just 
exactly what you kind of expected from an injured Jimmy Butler. Like we talked about, like you want to see him attack and you don't want to see him get into these fadeaways. Well, he got into those fadeaways and he got into them very comfortably. So 47 points and just the way he was able to do it across the board shot profile wise. I said before this game a hundred times, it felt like, like it had to be a Jimmy Butler game for them to win this. And the other thing I kept bringing up was that Jimmy Butler and three point shooting goes hand in hand. The Miami Heat tonight, they shot 43% from three. Some of that was Jimmy himself, but that's what happens when Jimmy Butler's clicking. They start sending the double from the corners. Then all of a sudden, PJ's getting better looks, and Max is actually open for once in the game. Everything shifts when Jimmy Butler's like that. It's not even the 47. It's what he causes, uh, but it is really just the way he did it. Got to the line 11 times in a game where it didn't seem like they were going to blow the whistle that many times for him. Uh, He ran the break really well, and early on specifically, it was the way he created on the defensive end to get buckets on the offensive end. Like we were saying before this game, the defense was the focus. Like they really had to lock in on that end to continue to do what they wanted to do. And right when this game started and Jimmy started hitting passing lanes, and even there was a couple of times where he went for the double and he didn't get it and it led to a bucket. You're like, okay, he's locked in and he's going to go for these and he's energetic enough to go and healthy enough to make these plays. Uh, so that was just one of the best individual performances I've seen uh, I think I'm right now, I don't, I know we're not, that's just too narrative to compare it, I guess, to the bubble, because that's what everybody loves to do is just constantly look back at the bubble, but Jimmy Butler, not making an all NBA team, just put a 47 on the biggest stage with their backs against the wall. Like the fact that, and another narrative thing before we totally get into X's and O's national TV previewing the Celtics Warriors finals all day today and all day yesterday when they basically had a week to prepare for that, let's just say Boston won tonight. They had a week to preview that series and they wasted 48 hours to prepare for one of the best games of this playoffs by talking about a series that might not even happen. Like that's what Jimmy Butler just caused with his 47. Let's go back further because I think Brady hit on some of this. We talk about him not making all NBA team. We talk about the knee injuries. We talk about whether he's a superstar and a true number one, but let's go back further. And this is why this might be number one for me outside of the finals for anybody on the heat. And look, the Dwayne finals, like what he did at age 24 is the NBA finals. Okay. I mean, they should have been blown out in that series. Honestly, the way that thing was going, we're not going out like that. We fight, we fight, we fight all of that stuff. Dwayne to me is elevated because of that, but I'm putting this ahead of LeBron's. Whoa. And I was at LeBron's. Okay. So good things used to happen when I used to go. Okay. As we've said before, I know I'm going to be barred at the door in game seven. It's not just going to be the fans. It's going to be the heat personnel too. Don't want me inside, but look, I'm putting this ahead and here's why it's the context of who Jimmy Butler is because LeBron James was supposed to do things like that. Okay. LeBron James was the chosen one. LeBron James at age 17 was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. LeBron James was the number one pick in the draft. LeBron James was the best prospect to come into the NBA in 25 years. LeBron James, by the time he had come to Miami, had already won MVPs. Okay. This is not the same. This is somebody who had to transfer from junior college, drafted 30th overall, played 40 games as a rookie in Chicago and didn't start. And just built himself up and up and up and up. 
we call him LeBron light for a lot of the things that he does. And we have to point again to Eric Spolster on this because it's not just that Jimmy chose Miami. Eric chose a different role for Jimmy Butler. Once he got to Miami, he sat down and talked to us at that first media day and said, I see him as a playmaker. That's not necessarily how his previous teams, particularly Chicago uh, saw him. It started to happen a little bit in Minnesota. He saw him as a playmaker. He wasn't handling the ball in Chicago. Derek Rose was, and you look at where Jimmy came from and even the personal story and everything else that he dealt with growing up. Not that LeBron did not because he did, but again, LeBron was supposed to be there. These were moments for LeBron. This is not the kind of moment that Jimmy Butler was ever supposed to have at age 32 on a bad knee tweaked the bad ankle And we can talk about, you know, LeBron, whether he had help or didn't in that. If people remember, Dwayne had 17. The game that LeBron had 45. Dwayne had 17. Nobody else was in double figures. Eric only played seven guys that game, really. Our friend Norris Cole played like six minutes. He was the eighth guy. He brought Mike Miller off the bench. I believe Shane started. They only played seven. If you look back at that box score, they defended their asses off in that game. We talked to Norris about that. Nobody else got anything going, but, but, and it was LeBron and it was just a constant drumbeat from LeBron. But again, LeBron James has had other moments like that. He'd had them before he was supposed to have them. This moment was completely unexpected from Jimmy Butler, not just the course of his career and his narrative, but the course of this series. Exactly. Right. He had 18 points in the past two games. He shot under 30% from the field. Do you understand the type of resolve that you have to have to shake that shit off? Okay. Go into Boston where like Brady is saying, everybody has already put the other team in the finals. And to do that against the defensive player of the year. Ha <laughs> ha. Exactly. It's re- it's, a, it's a ludicrous performance and, and it may not get the mythology that LeBron's performance got because LeBron is LeBron, but to me, it's better. It's better. And I was there for the LeBron one and I was sitting in the stands because they used to put us there instead of up in the upper rafters. And I was listening to the Celtics fans behind me cursing at LeBron and then saying, LeBron, stop hurting us, please. Enough. Okay. I wrote my column about that. I didn't even go in the locker room. I wrote my column about the Celtics fans. Okay basically crying for mercy against LeBron James. But Jimmy just killed him softly tonight. He just, it's just constant. Every single time they needed a bucket. And then you saw it in the fourth quarter, even after he tweaked the ankle, he got in the paint again. He wasn't settling for the three, even though he made him early. It is a historic performance, no matter how things go on Sunday. We're going to talk about the rest of it uh, here as we go forward. We do want to talk, uh, about a couple of our great sponsors, because look, I just skipped right through it because <laughs> because we wanted we wanted to just go tonight, um, and I think everybody can kind of understand that. We we do want to tell you about uh, one of our partners, Therapist Preferred. Celtics might need to recover from that one. Get your premium CBD. 
your gummies, your tincture, your sports cream. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get your initial. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's prize picks. I'm out of it tonight. You'll get 25% off. Use the code 5RSN. Get 25% off. It's premium CBD. Uh, it's the best stuff. We have people sign up for it all the time. And they thank us for it. So make sure that you check that out. Also, we want to talk. And he's texting me right now. I'll get back to you, Danny. I promise. Our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders, great sponsors here of the podcast and also of Starting Nine, which is on the YouTube channel. Hurricane season right around the corner. I mean, we're already in late May at this point. It's coming, okay? So reach out to All Pro Construction Builders. They specialize in your impact windows and doors for residential commercial properties. They service Miami-Dade, Monroe, and Broward County, and they use all locally made products, all American-made products, and they're family-owned and operated. Mention five reasons when you call Danny and you'll get a 10% discount in addition to the free estimate. Okay. Danny's number is 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429 or check out all pro construction builders on Instagram. And as I mentioned, therapist preferred use that code five R S N let's get to the others real quick. Um, I feel like Kyle Lowry deserves some flowers tonight because we were yes. hard on him and he deserved it. Honestly, hamstring or no hamstring. That was, that was historically bad playoff performance that we saw in game five. Uh, I'll go to you first on this Brady and then I'll have Greg put it into some context here. What was different about Kyle tonight? His control, I think was the first thing that you noticed that when he had the ball in his hands in game five, you didn't feel comfortable. Like there were times there you didn't know what shot you were going to get. You didn't know what was being generated. The biggest thing to me in his offensive outlook was that early in the game, he was intentional. He knew that he had zero points and zero assists in game five. He came out and immediately said, I'm going to take the pull-up three out of the pick and roll. I'm going to dice it up a little bit in the mid-range area just to kind of take control of the defense. And he got to the rim. That's the biggest thing that we talked about when we were talking about who the real season Kyle Lowry is. It's a guy who can get to the rim. He can get his feet in the paint, which was a big thing in this game, especially early on. He was getting, it's feel like, felt like they were, that was a game plan. They were going to get him in the paint. They were going to get Jimmy on a deep seal. That's what kind of got Jimmy going really early on. Uh, and then it kind of trended into later in the game. There was a time there where it was like either tie game or Boston just took the lead. And Kyle right out of the timeout just hit that right wing three in the face of a defender. And that kind of switched things. It was a lot of those type of shots that probably we can't even remember them all because it was just going back and forth so many times. Uh, and then there was the play kind of right after that where Horford was playing really high and drop and Kyle went to his right, quickly crossed left and turned Horford fully and got to the rim and he got fouled. And that was the turn where you're saying, okay, this is the liar you're getting. Uh, and it just felt like there was times where I had doubts with two minutes left tie game where I said, okay, Kyle Lowry just got a six foul and he's out of the game. They just lost their point guard in clutch time. Something that we talked about in all 82 games of this season was when they don't have Kyle Lowry late in the game, what do they get to? Well, I guess when Jimmy Butler's going Superman mode and scoring 47, that doesn't really matter. Uh, and I think the last thing to mention is Kyle Lowry played defense tonight. And I think that's something we can't overlook either. Like he was guarding up. He was guarding up on switches. There was times where he was guarding bigs like Horford. He was, if he wasn't, he was, he was coming down. He was swiping down and getting steals on bigs. This was just an absolutely incredible performance. This was Kyle Lowry's best game in Heat jersey uh maybe there was a stat line better in the regular season but no game was be more impactful uh than this game tonight just looking at the stats the four of nine from three like that's the stat like that's the number when you're talking about three-point shooting and the fact that 
You could take pressure off Jimmy in a way that he could be a catch and shoot threat. The guy we talked about when he was acquired in the offseason said, okay, he could be an off ball guy. We can give the ball to Jimmy Butler and Kyle can do whatever he wants off the ball and movement. And then plus he was sitting in the pull up three. Like he deserves a ton of flowers uh, in this game. And even the last thing you said, the 10 assists, but it was the way he was generating those assists. Like a lot of times these, these things come because it's just swing and a guy hits a three and then they might be overhyped at times. This was pure setup. Like this was him playing deep. There was even times where he hit a deep three, like deep three late in the shot clock. Like he was a late in the shot clock master in this game. Uh, but the way he was able to get shooters going, I have to look at the numbers, but it felt like at least most of Shrews' threes tonight came off a of Kyle Lowry assist. Uh, so just, I think, his control, the way when they were the crowd was getting into it, is him just kind of crossing half court and just being calm and slowing the game down when it needed to be, uh, that's the big thing for me. We always kind of constantly talk about Kyle Lowry speeding the game up. He's the transition guy. He's the guy that gets them from 30th in pace to 27th. But he slowed it down for them. Like, he really just kind of won them this game late. Uh, other than Jimmy Butler scoring. Greg, um, we always say the playoffs tell. And for Kyle Lowry, the playoffs were telling a pretty sad story, you know, even before the injury. I mean, he, he just wasn't playing particularly well in the Atlanta series before he got hurt and colored the entire debate about the contract, about the decision to go get him, about bringing in Jimmy Butler's friend, about all of that stuff, about whether he's cooked. But like we see this so often, like one or two games in the postseason can totally swing a story. Nobody remembers ultimately, like if you get where you want to go, like if you look at the Heat's championship seasons, like nobody remembers in the 2006 playoffs some of the stuff that happened along the way. Right. Like they just remember how it closed or, you know, the fact that, you know, Ray Allen, everybody talks about, you know, the shot, the shot, the shot. I mean, Ray had some struggles in a heat uniform, particularly during the regular season. And even on the road in the playoffs, um, you know, he didn't shoot at a particularly high level. Nobody cares. Shane Battier, you know, had, you know, was benched by Eric Spolster in game seven of the Eastern conference finals. Uh, he went to a, a karaoke bar in the Grove to sing, you know, don't sleep, you know, don't look back in anger by Oasis because he was so, so upset about being benched. And then he comes in in the finals and makes like a dozen threes. Again, if you have a moment, nobody cares. I I feel like to a certain degree, it's going to get overshadowed by Jimmy tonight, obviously, but he needed a sidekick tonight. It wasn't bam. Okay. Tyler is still out. It was Kyle. And and I, I feel like it does alter at least, you know, for 48 hours here, the narrative a little bit. And it makes them sitting up at that press conference after game five that, you know, we, we sat in the room and, and Spo to your point was more jovial than I think we expected him to be. But Jimmy and Kyle also, I mean, Jimmy flat out said, we know we can go up there and win. And uh, you know, they deflected any of the excuses, which I, you know, that's why I went into this game. I'll say it again. It was the same thing with Kyle, the way I felt about Jimmy. I didn't think that they, could muster up this type type of performance. I thought that they could play well because I felt like in an elimination game um, that focus and intensity would be at its highest, but in order to just have this type of avalanche, because Kyle also contributed to um, so many other aspects of the game with him getting a block and a steal 
and uh, only two turnovers, being able to play 36 really um, mistake-free for the most part and effective minutes, just huge. And then the four of nine three-point shooting, which we touched on before uh, from Jimmy and him, it's just huge. So you're right, Kyle needs flowers because we were definitely hard on him after the last game. And I think that to a degree, he deserves that. We expect him. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the thing with Kyle. We didn't expect him to have to give you 18 and 10 every night, but what what everyone I think thought was there were going to be nights where other guys were off and he would be able to do this. Well, tonight he was able to do it in the most high leverage of situations. And again, the best two words in sports, Eric Spolstra was very, um, again, excited in the post-game presser tonight. It's going on as we record right now. He said, Game seven, let, let you know the best two words in sports. So here we are. To a certain degree, there's some house money now, which we'll talk about more. I'm sure we'll do another podcast tomorrow uh, to look ahead. I want to get into some of the others from tonight because I feel like we need to commemorate tonight in all ways. We're going to do that when we come back. I do want to talk about uh, one more sponsor here of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You got to check out Better Edge. This is our new gambling partner. It's different from Prize Picks, which is our fantasy partner. Better Edge, B E T T O R Edge, E D G E dot com backslash five reasons. That's the number five reasons. Um, this is peer to peer betting. So it's legal. It's not offshore. You don't have to worry if you're going to get your money or anything like that. Here's the cool thing about it. You can set the lines because basically you're, you're betting against somebody else. It's like betting with your friends. In fact, you can bring your friends onto the app. And if you go to that link, you don't have to enter a code. You'll get 20 bucks to play. So you could give it a shot. So it's called betteredge.com. Just it's not an app. It's web-based, but just check it out today. Go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons and see because like tonight for instance i mean look if, if you had the heat plus eight and a half which was the standard line tonight you won anyway you could have won even more money i mean if you decide if you decided to take the take the heat to win tonight the number on that the odds on that on better edge were pretty damn good you'd be eating well the whole weekend and drinking well and all the rest of it so go to betteredge.com backslash five reasons check it out this is our peer-to-peer uh betting partner here at the five reasons sports network and we'll do some stuff on there uh before sunday's game let's get to some of the others tonight i thought the decision making was interesting from spolstra he had to coach the hell out of this game remember it slipped a couple times they fell behind a couple times uh first half he went with duncan robinson he threw him in the zone didn't work <laughs> Uh, they still found a way to exploit him and, and the heat were over helping the entire time. Uh, didn't play Gabe as much as he's played him previously played Caleb in the first half. Caleb picked up the three fouls and that was pretty much it. Uh, went with PJ Tucker in the big minutes, kept bam out for a pretty lengthy period of time where even, you know, Jeff Van Gundy was mentioning it and didn't get a whole lot from bam offensively again, which I know was going to be the topic. If they lost no question about it, still didn't have hero played Oladipo down the stretch of the game. Defensively 
really played seven guys in the second half, which we've talked about the tightening of the rotation. I thought you could have seen Morris for a couple minutes tonight with Tucker and Martin in foul trouble, but he didn't go to that either. Um, Brady, just your thoughts on the game that spoke coached and some of the contributions of the others. Yeah, I want to start with one guy because there's some box score watchers out there that see 11 and five from PJ Tucker and just think it's another role player uh, in this game. He was crucial in this game, like absolutely crucial. The idea of, first one, speaking of the things Spo had to do, Kyle Lowry, Max Struth both fouled out. P.J. Tucker had five fouls. Like to balance that in its own, in a game six, whether your back hits the wall in an elimination game is tough in itself. But P.J. Tucker, to be able to bother Boston in a way off switches constantly, like the stats don't show it. Jason Tatum, by the way, was nine of 12. Like a really odd stat line that uh, I know Greg just threw up a, a stat in our chat about the field goal attempts from them in the second half, 12 field goal attempts and nine makes is just an odd thing because they were pressuring them so much with PJ Tucker that they were forcing the ball out of their hands. And that's why Derek white, basically he was almost going to be our post game pod title because he almost just took the lives out of heat fans. Uh, but there was a play late in the game. I think it was under a minute to go after Jimmy just hit a late bucket goes to the other way. You're saying, okay, they just need one stop. They draw the switch. They want with Max Struess. Tatum gets it. He spins back to his left on the left on inside the left wing and PJ's waiting there in a double and rips it from him. And that was when I said, that's probably the game. Like those are the plays that if he had one more foul in this game, I don't know what this game looks like. Like that's just kind of where I stand that the defensive job he did overall uh, just deserves a, deserves a ton of credit. I was uh, shifting to some of the more other role players I was a person when I saw the way Max Struess was being defended early on, they were basically saying, we're going to force him to being a ball handler. And that was when I said, okay, they have to go away from this. Like they have to go to the Gabe Vincent Kyle Lowry lineups, which they did, by the way, Gabe wasn't great scoring wise, but I think he did a good enough job defensively and just being a ball handler. But then Max Struess happened in the third quarter where those are the stints where when Eric Spolstra says stuff and, and you're wondering in the biggest moments, if he actually means it, when Max Struess looks the way he did, and then you flow into a third quarter and he still has him out there and he talks about ignitability. That was the moment like Victor Oladipo hit a step back three that I think is going to get brushed under the rug, but it was a huge step back three over Robert Williams. They, they go up nine there. They get a stop. They go in the other, other direction. Struce, it's a deep three on the right wing to go up 12. That was their third quarter run. Uh, and then there was the one later where Struess hit the three after the crowd is all standing on their feet in Boston. Once again, the same thing in game three. And he said after that game that he had to quiet them down. He quieted them down again. And he totally just, this, the arena went silent after he hit that three in the right wing once again, because Kyle swung it. Those are the shots that get kind of solidify Solstra's points that he makes them at many of these times about ignitability and trusting. Uh, so I think Max was a lot of credit just this is a game where you have to battle through adversity and Max has battled through a bunch of adversity in his young NBA career. And before this point anyway, but to go from that to hitting some of the biggest shots of the game prior to the fourth quarter, uh, I think that speaks to a lot. And then there was other contributions like Caleb Martin was pretty erratic with the ball, like three turnovers early in that stint, but he had energy and there's points in these elimination games where you almost will take that balance where you'll say, we'll give up a couple turnovers for a guy that's going to run the floor, give us some energy, give us some putbacks. And he did that for that stint. He was really active with his hands almost too much. That's what you, you alluded to. That's three fouls on Tatum. 
but I think they needed that. This is when you're going to your full bullpen without Tyler Hero, and you're going down the list, and you're looking at all these names. Uh, these guys, Jimmy Butler's the topic. Like, we all know that, but they don't win this game. We constantly say Jimmy Butler needs help. He got help in this game. The Strews thing to me is really fascinating, Greg, because Eric Spolstra has put so much on him. I mean, if you look at where the season started, right, and he's coming off a two-way, and I'm having conversations with Heat officials in the offseason, like, are you serious about this, guys? Like, right, I mean, I know, that you know, but, but you look back at it and you say they put the ball in his hands down the stretch of summer league games. Like this kind of stuff starts there for them, right? Like he hit two game winners in the summer league. Like he was supposed to carry that team in, in this. I mean, I know everybody talked about O'Mare, but what was actually more representative of what was going to happen this season, because he's a year ahead in the heat program. We know how that works was Shrews, right? And he made those kind of shots. And that leads to this moment again, where I'm talking to people in the off season, I'm saying, you think he can be your backup three? Like, really? Like, this is what you're going into the year with like, no offense to max, but we haven't seen it. No, we think he can be, we think there's enough athleticism. There's toughness there. You know, they, they made Mike Miller comparisons to me and other things along those lines, but then to stay with him. I mean, he had two. again, we've used the word historically here a lot historically bad postseason shooting games. Just awful. Just awful. Like, we didn't even address it as much as the others because, again, we're so frustrated with what Lowry was doing and what Bam at times has not been doing. But, I mean, Shrew says, I mean, you can't have a starting two guard who doesn't give you a basket in two straight games when he's shooting that much and he's on the floor that much. And then he started this game like that, too. And, and right. then... And Eric stayed with him. And I understand that the options are limited because Duncan is kind of unplayable defensively and you don't have hero, right? You don't want to go to Oladipo for too long a stretch, but still like he went to him, he went back to him. And, and the crazy thing about basketball is the, the shot that got Struess going was the hardest shot that he's taken in the entire postseason. It was the one from 28 feet falling away. I mean, a total throwaway shot that goes in. And then all of a sudden, like the floodgates opened after that. But but that when they, they, you talk about development, it's not just, you know, finding a guy like Adam Simon or Chet Cameron finding a guy, but it's them then going the next step with them, putting them in the summer league and putting the ball in their hands at the end of games and seeing, okay, how do you react to that? And then beyond that, giving them more and more on their plate, right? Giving more responsibility as you go forward and then trusting them, not only in the big moments, but after they fail in the big moments. Yep. It's just, it's their whole program on display, like with him essentially. It's the ultimate pressure testing, you know, like they, and I think that actually when a coach empowers a player to do what Max has done this year in terms of taking on more and more here and there, and generally, obviously his role is the same, but he's just by virtue of having to play heavier minutes, he's had to get involved in other aspects of the game throughout the entire season as he started to get a a more and more prominent role and then moved into the starting lineup. And when you empower a guy and then you stick with him, like, listen, I said this on a, on a previous episode, they could have shelved max and max wouldn't have really had much to say about it. And nobody would have said, 
oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, like you, you shelved Max Struess, you just invested $90 million in him, or, you know, he's a former all-star or he's your primary signing of the off season. How could you shelve him? No, he was an, he's undrafted, you know, and they stick with him. I think that, uh, again, I, I can't shake this and, and, and I don't know if, um, how you feel, Ethan and Brady. I know you were watching uh, and Alex was in the room as well. We all walked away from Spolstra in that presser. I'm coming all the way back to the where, where we started. Mm-hmm. The way he, he laughed at their three-point percentage when he looked at the box score, the way that he said that, like, they asked him, like, how do you feel about going up to game six? And he says, oh, I love it. Like, I love it. And and this is like the stuff we live for. And Ethan, you may be able to paraphrase better than I because you've been doing this longer. But it was it was in a way where he kind of gave us a look like the way LeBron looked in game six. But he was staring at us in the press room. And so I just think that for it to end like that, like to me, that shows that um, the this team just thinks differently. It doesn't mean they're always going to win. It doesn't mean they're going to win this series on, on Sunday. It doesn't mean they're going to win the NBA finals, but this team approaches the game of basketball different than most organizations. All right. We're going to get to one more thing here on the podcast. Before we do want to mention one more sponsor, our friend, Eric Rubenstein, you can find him at nine, five, four, eight, two, nine ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC or at Ask About Me, I Got You on Instagram. He sponsors Brady's appearances here on the podcast. And he's the personal injury attorney that you need to go to. He's from St. Thomas University right here. That's where he got his law degree. He's like top of his class, all that good stuff. And he's a huge Heat fan. And, you know, he calls himself a stretch four and all that. I'm just telling you, check out the Instagram account. You'll see how passionate he is. Okay, go to Ask About Me, I Got You. He's that passionate about the heat and he's that passionate about getting you your money. If something bad happens to you, Um, we know that things happen all the time. It could be medical malpractice, a car accident, a slip and fall, whatever it is. Eric is your guy. He's also got great advice for you there on the Instagram page. So check it out at ask about me. I got you. The phone number is 954-829. It's not 954-829. Eric E-R-I-C. We have so many big heat fans that sponsor us here on five on the floor. We really appreciate that. Why not work with one of them, right? Okay, so reach out to him again. It's Eric Rubenstein, 954-829-ERIC, or at Ask About Me, I Got You. We're going to do another pod tomorrow. We have to. Uh, It's game seven, so we'll lock in on that. But I'm just going to leave it here, and we'll get to the X's and O's of game seven as we go forward, and we'll talk more about things we didn't talk about today. Derek White got loose on him tonight. Um, the free throw shooting on both sides was like really, really good, which kept both teams uh, in the game. The officiating uh, kind of evened out a little bit as this game went on. Okay. I thought there were some interesting challenges on both sides. Udoka using his challenge early on basically an N one proved to be a bad decision because there were three plays. He could have challenged later in the game. Uh, Eric waiting to use his challenge as he always does until the last couple of minutes. So there's stuff we, we, you know, we could have tapped into and we probably will tap into going forward. But I just want to ask one question to both of you guys. It's game seven. It's Miami. The Heat don't lose these typically. I mean, historically, they don't. I mean, you go back to Eastern Conference Finals against Indiana, go against games against Boston. These are not the ones. When, when they hang around in a series this long, they tend to win it. I picked the heat and seven for that reason. I thought that you, they got, you get it to your home floor. 
You give Eric Spolstra this long to dissect another team, but Jimmy Butler just did that. Okay. They got a flight back. He's got less than 48 hours to get ready for the next one. He tweaked the ankle again late in the game. I think that's something we may be talking more about because he shook that off, but that's the same ankle that's given him a problem the whole year. He's still dealing with the knee. You still don't know if you're getting hero back. We thought he was going to play in this game. Okay. I don't know. I keep hearing it's going to take a shot for him to play. And I don't know if he's taking the shot. I don't know where this is. This is right now. Cause I had heard he wanted to get back out there. And we still have the bam question, which we really have not discussed tonight because I think we want to give this to Jimmy and bam had some moments as the game went on, but it still was not there. The aggression. And there was a lot of frustration in the first half, but I'll, I'll just leave it with this. Is this enough for you guys just to get it back there? Because I, I think you can make the case in a lot of ways it is, but now it's time to get greedy, right? I mean, you're this close yeah. to the finals. You I'll don't want it to end on your home floor. You uh, certainly like, don't want to be embarrassed the way you were the last time you were on your home floor. This is where I'm at, and I'll go quick and, and, and let Brady dive in. I think that it is enough because we know that this team is banged up. You saw what they look like recently. Nikias Duncan um, wrote a great column about the two big issue that Miami has had with Horford and, and Robert Williams and Max Struess having to, you know, find a, a, a guy to defend and Lowry having to go over on Dow Horford. They, they neutralized all that. Um, and so then to get that back to game seven after looking so defeated at the end of game five, to me, it's a huge victory. You're getting one win away from the NBA finals. You're playing a great Boston team. You have pushed this season to the absolute limits when you rank it in terms of success and you're trying to kind of um, grade the season, right? But you're, but Ethan, you hit it. You hit on it. It's time to get greedy. 43, 43% three-point shooting tonight for Miami. Let's just say this. They've been so damn cold all throughout this entire season. If there was ever a game where the role players could step up and shoot better uh, and the, he haven't really lost two at home very frequently is another thing. And they've won two of the games in this series on the road to me. They've done a ton to make up um, a lot of the, the ground in terms of the poor performances. But yeah, let's get game seven. Whatever happens in the finals happens. But to me, they have a great opportunity. You played all year to have this game seven on your home floor. This is literally all of it, a culmination of all of it in one game. Um, so to me, uh, it's a success, but you got to get it. Brady, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I totally agree with everything he was saying. But the one thing I'll add on and say is Jimmy Butler just scored 47 with one kneecap. Like, there's a situation where you're going back to game seven. You can't expect this again. Like, he did this with your backs against the wall in that building, and he got you to this point. And I'm not saying he's not going to be able to have a, a very good game to put you into the finals. But when we say that Jimmy needs help, and he got help in this game specifically, but let's zoom out for a second. He needs help in this game seven. And that's where it comes back to what Greg was just touching on is I come back to the role players. And this was a game in game six specifically where I said the role players, that is not my focus in this game. Like Duncan Robinson or Max Schrues is not going to be the reason you win a game in Boston. 
I think a Max Struess, a Gabe Vincent, a Victor Oladipo can be the reason you win a game seven at home. Like they just can. They can be the players that put you over the top at in your own building. Uh, and I think that's when it comes down to Bam Adebayo. That's the guy we haven't talked about this whole pod. He's the one guy in your starting lineup that's essentially not injured. And now you're going to play at home. I think this is the game that you're setting up and saying like, Bam, get us to the NBA finals. You're a second best player. You just shot six shots in a road game that if, by the way, if they lost this game and you yeah. were totally right when you said this, th- it was going to be an off season of Bam Adebayo Jimmy just, just talk saved in Bam. general. Jimmy just saved Bam. He did. It, it's, he a, saved it's, Bam. it's a fair comment because it was going to be that, co- it was going to be that topic all off season with a three of six stat line, with Jimmy shooting 29 shots and having 47. But aside from that, Jimmy did save Bam, but now it's time for Bam to save Jimmy. From a 47-point game on the road, they need to close it out. Like I will say, I've said Heat and 7. I think if they were to get back to their home court, that it's they're going to win. But we've seen it, it isn't easy just because you're going back to your home building. We've seen that in this series. They have to focus as much as they focus on this game, that they still have to act as if they're the underdogs. And I know Kyle, after this game, was saying they did nothing. They just won one game. They still haven't done anything in this series. So that's a good mindset to have from your, your starting point guard, but they need to embody that early in this game because we've seen to zoom out once again in the series, it's a game. It, this is a series of runs. One quarter could put you in a total hole and all of a sudden you're just kind of playing, you know, put back in the score kind of. That's maybe a negative element of a very positive podcast, but I do think they get it in game seven. Uh, but I think the hope is that Jimmy Butler doesn't have to go Superman mode and everybody can kind of just help him out as a whole. Right, we're going to dive more into it tomorrow, but I'll close with this. Um, it was put on Twitter again by a few folks about Jimmy getting the personal phone call from Dwayne to motivate him for the game six. And right under it, the first comments are, call Bam, please, at Dwayne Wade. He's got to bring it. I mean, we'll get into it more. He's got to bring it. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy got him here. He's got it. Bam's got to take the baton now. He just does. Okay. Because putting Tyler in this game is exceptionally risky. Now, I don't think you can do it. I think even if he wants to play, I mean, even dressing him to have him as an option, if you fall behind, I still think it's too, too risky. You can't, you know, they've done it with Dwayne. Okay, they've done it with some others where they they've tried to just get what they can. They did it with Kyle earlier in the playoffs, but to put Tyler out there now, you know, I think you got to shelve that. I think you you wait, you try to win this one. Tyler gets another few days off. That would mean that he got basically twelve days off since the last time he played. And maybe it's healed enough that he can be a factor in a series against Golden State, where I'm not exactly sure who he guards, uh, but you probably are going to need his offense. Okay. But in this, you got to go with the guys you got. And I think Oladipo has done enough good things, even though obviously there's inefficiency there that you ride him a little bit more. Maybe you play Gabe a little bit more, um, but you got to take the burden off Jimmy Butler. And it's just, we're at that point, man. I'm, we all love Bam Adebayo's game, what he represents for the organization. It's time. It's time. You can't just have one of those games in a series and that's enough. You know, like, like, like Shaq used to say about Aristotle, excellence is what you repeatedly do. He's got to do it again because 
Jimmy saved his ass tonight. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, and he had a performance for the ages. All right, we went a little bit long. Um, this will keep you guys for a little bit. We'll probably do a pod either Saturday during the day or maybe even Sunday early as we kind of get you ready. Uh, we'll do it one of those times. But the Heat live another couple of days. I know the next question is going to be, I know what it's going to be. I'll just say this. Brady and Alex will be at the game on Sunday. You guys want to, you guys want to start a GoFundMe to keep me at home? I mean, I'm not against it. It was me. I was the jinx. Good. As long as you say it, I can go. Thank you, Greg. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.